0: Uh, let's get to the message. I'm, I'm going to do something a little unique today and I want to I want to remind uh, us of where we were last uh, Sunday. If you're brand new this morning for the first time, we were walking through the gospel uh, according to Mark and we wrapped up chapter seven uh, last week. I was sharing that we uh, were uh, in the gospel of Mark with someone. Oh, our, it's our friends that are, were here speaking at our marriage conference and he was asking what we're teaching through Mark and You know, where are you at? I just finished Mark 7. When did you start? Um, September. We started and we're in chapter 7. Uh, But we finished up Mark chapter 7 last week and I just really felt uh, led to linger there again. We're not gonna dive right back into the same passage, but I I felt led this morning to linger with kind of some of the summary statements that we made about Mark 7 last week. Uh, Jesus goes out of his way, away from... uh, from Israel to a place north of Israel called Tyre and Sidon. He goes out of his way to reach Gentiles. Uh, And then right after that, in the passage last week, he goes out of his way again and he goes to a place called the Decapolis, which are 10 Gentile cities on the uh, eastern side of the River Jordan and the Sea of Galilee. The context that we spend a lot of time talking about are these are uh, Gentile pagan areas and the Jewish people hated Tyre and Sidon because they were evil oppressors of Israel. But Jesus went to them Like his people hated them, they were pagan Gentiles, but Jesus as a missionary and ministry because he loves people, he goes to them. And some of the things that we talked about last week, this should cause uh, all of us Gentiles in the room to feel much gratitude and joy that we have been grafted into the family of God. First and foremost, there's a reality for us to go, Jesus has come for us too. Paul says it this way, uh, the Hebrew of Hebrews. Uh, Damascus Road, uh, uh, an oppressor of the Jews, a murderer of Jews, uh, Jesus saved him. Acts chapter nine, the road to Damascus, and then God called him to be a missionary to the Gentiles. He said this in Romans 1 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus being the Messiah, the savior of the world. I'm not ashamed of that message because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Say everyone. Everyone, it is salvation, it is the message to everyone who believes first, first to the Jew, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. Another thing that we, that I feel like, specifically why I felt led to linger here this morning, was it should, this reality of Jesus leaving Israel, leaving the Jewish area, going to places like Tyre and Sidon, should also be pretty challenging for us. Pretty challenging for us in terms of how we understand ministry, what it means to be a missionary, what it means to be a minister, what it means to be a priesthood of the believer, like you are that, I am that, we are that. It should be pretty challenging for us. Uh, Mark 7, 24, Jesus left that place, it says. That place is Israel. That place is his place. That place is his people. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. Mark 7:31 Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. Here's what I want us to linger with. Here's what I want us to just continue to think about, process, be challenged by, ask the Lord for help around this. I believe it's really important for us to see and understand and embrace as we look to Jesus's ministry. And this is what we talked about last week. Uh, grace, the grace of God in Jesus is radically inclusive. It's more radical than any of us probably even know and understand. Uh, it is radically inclusive. And secondly, grace pursues, Jesus goes, he leaves his place and he goes to Tyre inside and it pursues all people, it invites all people. We think about that in Mark seven, and we look and think about for a moment the ministry of the apostle Paul, saved in Acts chapter nine, called to be a missionary to the Gentiles. He goes all over the ancient Mediterranean area, area as an itinerant minister and church planter, three different missionary journeys in the second half of book, the book of Acts. And we see the ministry of Paul uh, doing that, and he would go back to the churches, he would plant all these churches. We read the second half of the book of Acts and then he would go back and visit the churches that he started, that he planted. And there's a couple of things every time that we see when Paul would go back to these churches that he started and planted, his purpose in that visit was twofold. The first thing that he was going back to do in these churches that he started was to strengthen those churches. He's going to spend his time and his energy strengthening those churches and equipping equipping the saints for ministry. He talks about that in Ephesians chapter 4, that there was a, a purpose there. I'm going to go strengthen them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to teach them. And we're going to equip them for ministry because all of us need to be equipped for ministry because all of us are called to ministry as Jesus followers. We see that clearly in Paul's missionary journey. Secondly, and specifically, we see Paul also empowering the church. Part of the equipping of the church and strengthening of the church was to empower the church, you, the church, the people, to reach more people, to grow the church. So it's 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 a two-fold reality in the ministry of Paul we're going to strengthen the church and then we're going to empower them to go to reach more people because grace is radically inclusive and grace invites all people and so Paul strengthen the church empower the church to reach more so the question for us 2020 Two Rivers Church, Fort Collins, 2020. I think the question for us, what does this mean? What do these four statements mean for us as we look into the next season of our story as a community, as a fellowship, as, as a ministry, as a mission? Um, we are seven years into the journey as a church. What do the next seven years need to look like for us. My uh, friend Greg had sent me an article a couple of months ago. Uh, many of you probably know the pastor Tim Keller. You guys know, anybody read Tim Keller? Really popular pastor in New York City. Um, he wrote an article. This was years ago, 10 plus years ago. Uh, and Greg had sent me this um, article to read. And it was it was basically an article for church leaders to think about Uh, When churches are growing and our church has been growing, uh, what are things that we need to be thinking about in terms of ministry, in terms of strengthening the church and empowering the church to reach more? So our staff team read this article, our leadership team read this article. And one of the things that stood out to me in this article was that our church size, seven years into this story, Tim Keller would say we are a, a medium-sized church on the, on the high end, or we're actually a large church on the low end. Which was really fascinating for me to consider because I would have, if somebody's like, "Well, tell me about Two Rivers," I would tell them about it. And like, how big is the church? I'm we're we're a. i we are we are ai would probably say we're a smaller church. It's probably what I would say. We're smaller. Church, we've been around for about seven years. Tim Keller would say you're a medium-sized church on the high end, but you're approaching a large church. And one of the things that he talked about in this article was that when you make this transition from a medium-sized church, and it's his language and the article was around 400 people, four to 450 people, that the church needs to consider how to begin establishing ministries of its own to reach the community. That there's a reality when you're a church start, when you're 50 people or less in our living room, when you're 100, and 100 150 people or less, when we are at T.R. Paul, when we are at Peak Community Church, when we were over at BB uh, to now, 250, 350, 400 people. There's a reality when churches are in the lower, the smaller, that what they need to do because they don't have the funding and they don't have the staffing is they establish ministry partnerships in the local community and they pray for those partnerships and they give money to those partnerships and people in those ministries are probably a part of the church and people in the church are volunteering with those various ministries. Well, we've spent the last four Sundays here, uh, giving you an opportunity to hear more about four of our ministry partnerships. And I just—I read this article, I'm like, he's totally reading our mail here because that's what we've done. And we have established ministry partnerships with nine ministries, two are global and seven are local. And that's what we've been doing. And so the challenge of the article uh, is what does it look like for a church like ours to begin thinking, dreaming, praying about ministry starting to reach the needs of the community that start here from our body, from our people. And I'm, I'm teaching on Mark chapter seven last week and Jesus going out of his way to reach people and that was especially encouraging to me and it was especially challenging for me as well perhaps it was for you so seven years into the journey what do the seven next seven years need to look like I would say at this point in our juncture as a journey uh, we would not say that we're a church plant anymore we're an established church uh, sure, we come in at 6.30 a.m., and we set the room, and we tear it all down at the end, and we're mobile, we have an office, uh, we don't have a building yet, but we are, we are not a church plant, we are an established church. I would say that our church is probably 450 to uh, 500 adults who would say, two of church is my church, that's where I go, that's, those are my people, that's where I serve, it's like, that's, uh, that's it's us, it's me, it's us, Right? Plus, um, children and teens, that doesn't include children and teens, we're no longer uh, dependent on outside funding. So Lindsay and I raised a lot of financial support like missionaries do when we moved here and people that know us and love us and they gave money to Two Rivers before there was ever a church gathering and they have continued to give money and there are still people that do give money two two rivers that aren't a part of our community because they believe in what we're doing and our vision, but we aren't dependent on, hallelujah, hallelujah, to the generosity and the, and the, and the partnership here uh, for outside funding. We are on our own two feet financially as a church. We have staff, we have a staff team, an incredible staff team, they're passionate, they're gifted, they love you, they're delighted to serve you. We have a fantastic staff team that God has uh, brought together. We have lots of ministries in place. Life group ministry, student ministry, river kids ministry, a nurture team, a care team, men's ministry. We We have lots of ministries in place. Seven years in, nine ministry partnerships that I mentioned before, seven locally, too globally and the mission I think about the mission the last seven years in many ways the mission for us has been getting established like the mission has been we're moving here we're going to start gathering in our living room and the mission in, in a lot of ways has just been getting the church started and established and I am Overwhelmed you guys with gratitude and joy about the lives that have been renewed and restored in the gospel of grace over these years. It's just, I'm in awe of God's grace and favor. I'm in awe of the people. Just being at this um, marriage retreat this weekend and just getting the extended time to be with, with, with our family, um, it was, it's just wonderful. I'm so thankful. But this article has really caused me to pause and talk to our staff and talk to our leadership. Uh, Ask the Lord, what, what does the mission look like the next seven years? Like what's the vision under the vision? as we think about the next seven years of ministry. And so what I wanna do is pause here for just a second and get us centered on our vision and on our mission and on our values, because I think that's really important for us to know as a family, as people who are partnering in what is it uniquely for us. This won't surprise many of you. For those of you who are newer, this will be informative for you. Our vision is a movement of grace and freedom. It's not just planting a church. It's not just starting a church, but it's being a part of a movement of grace and freedom, that is our vision. And our vision verse is John 1:16. from the fullness of Christ, we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace, two rivers. So the, you can see the logo, the two rivers underneath, the foundation for everything for us is this vision. It's this vision of grace upon grace, a movement of grace and freedom. Our mission statement, and these things were written, these things we believe that God kind of downloaded to Lindsay and I before he ever even moved here. These were things that God was directing toward us and leading us. The mission statement has been connecting people to the freedom and the hope and the healing. So a vision is who we are and where we're going. And a, and a mission statement or a mission is kind of what we're doing with our hands and our feet when we think about the vision of where we're going, connecting people to freedom, hope, and healing in Jesus, and then the three core values, which would be the kind of the three mountain peaks of our logo, uh, grace upon grace, obviously the two rivers, and then the three mountain peaks, our three core values, gospel-centered, family-oriented, mission-minded. Gospel-centered, it's not just what we teach, it's how we teach, it's the atmosphere in which we live and operate, gospel-centered, gospel-saturated, a free people, a free people walking in freedom. Paul says, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Therefore, stand firm in your freedom. Stand firm in your freedom and don't submit again to another yoke of, anybody know what it says? A yoke of slavery. Slavery to what? Slavery to the law. Slavery to religion. Slavery to, I have to behave this way for God to accept me and love me. Stand in the freedom of the lavish reality of God's grace and love for you in Jesus. Free people walking in freedom, family-oriented, loved people, loved people. We wanna know and be known, we wanna serve and be served, we wanna love and be loved, loved people, loved people, mission-minded, bless people, bless people. We wanna be a conduit of God's goodness and favor and grace to people's lives. This is, this is the, the overview, this is the mission, the vision, the values. So Lord, like seven years in, hallelujah what you've done. I'm so grateful, I'm overwhelmed. Lord, what does the next seven years need to look like for us as a church in thinking about our vision and our mission and our values? Um, if you were here in January, uh, January 26th, uh, my good friend Jimmy Page spoke, if you were here that day, and uh, Jimmy spoke about uh, one word that will change your life, and his, the, the, the concept of that was to, uh, to spend time uh, looking internally, spend time looking outward into your life, spend time uh, looking up into the Lord and ask the Lord to inform kind of a lens, a word that would give you a bit of a lens of how we're going to operate and live in the year 2020. Uh, I engaged this process with Jimmy in 2019 and my word was simplify. Uh, My word this year, uh, actually 2019 was discipline. 2020 is simplify. Uh, Lindsay began to engage this and uh, she believed that the Lord was giving her the word fortify. And it was fortify for herself. It was uh, fortify our family. But then she began to feel like the Lord was saying to her, I really think that this word is a word that the Lord is giving me for our church. Fortify, and I just want to have her come up and share a little bit about that. Will you give my beautiful bride a round of applause, and she comes up so Lindsay, you you received the word fortify talk about a little bit about uh, what what you have um, learned that that word means, what does that word mean to you related to our church
1: um, yeah, so Jason talked about um, Jimmy speaking, so um, coming into the the new year um, that word just was, I'm not a big um, New Year's resolution person, but January was, was, I was excited for January to come. It was kind of a renewal time for me of like, okay, a reset. And the word fortify just kept coming to my mind. And that's not a word that I use in my everyday language. Maybe it is for you, but it wasn't for me. And so I was just like, that's, you know, what is, I just hadn't really spent a lot of time thinking about it. It just kept coming up in my mind. And then when Jimmy spoke that day, that word came back up in my mind, and so I did. I sat in it for a while, like, what does that really mean? Um, and, and again, like Jason said, I was thinking for myself, but um, as I sat in that word and really just sat with the Lord and it looked up the meaning of it, I realized that I really felt like it was a word for our church. And um, fortify just really means strengthen from within. And so um, I just, I'm still just really pondering, like, Lord, what does that mean for our church? And I believe that, um, and, and again, I'm still pondering what that, what that means and what that, how that's lived out, but I believe that it's, it's individually and it's collectively. Um, that, that we really ask the Lord and, and we're really praying for you all and for myself and for our staff, for our leadership team to be fortified and strengthened in our faith and um, in the gospel of grace and what that means. Because grace actually, um, it strengthens us and it empowers us. It empowers us to live the way that God has called us to live and to and to reach and impact right? And so for individually, for us to be fortified and strengthened in grace and for us as a church to be fortified in the gospel message, it is so much bigger and it is so much wider than I think sometimes we, that we think and we understand. That grace doesn't just um, call us and, and forgive us, but that it empowers us. And we want to be a church that makes an impact in our community because we have this radical message and we want people to know it. Um, so that was a little more than what you asked, but there you go. Oh, that's good.
0: Um, so specifically around our three core values—gospel, uh, f- family, and mission—did uh, there? Did you feel perspective about fortification around any any one of those specifically that needed maybe attention more than the others?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, attention. I think we we didn't talk. He he didn't tell me what he was going to ask me. <laughs>
0: Just come up. Just come up. I'll ask you some questions. He said, "I'll we'll just ask you questions
1: that you can yeah. answer." And, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, for as I'm as I'm pondering, I really desire for our church to be. Um, I'm I'm very visual, so sometimes finding words for the the visual. So bear with me as I use my hands. But um, for us to be strengthened um, as a collective group, so that that means our our staff, it means our ministries, it means what we're standing and believing in to be strengthened in that um and i know what i think that what you're asking is um i've just had such a wrestling and a stirring for our community and just recognizing that we are a people um there's a lot of you i don't know um so many of you i do um, but i'm just so in awe of you and um, just what an amazing people we have um at two rivers and um it just it just the, uh, the opportunity we have to really impact our community. And so that's where I've had a stirring. is as I drive around and I look around at our community and I see people that I'm like, I want you to know Jesus loves you. I want you to know. And to be a people that thinks outward. And I know that there's a lot of ministries that are doing that, but as a, as a church, to think outward in our, in, into our community to impact um, to, um, Fort Collins. So mission-minded. Yes. Thank you, babe. Yeah.
0: That's it. That's it. That was easy. All right. Thank you. Give her a hand. Yay. Yay, Pastor Lindsay. I love you. She's fun. She's a seven. We did the whole Enneagram thing. She likes fun. If you want to have more fun, hang out with her. She's really fun. So the process has led us here, right? Uh, What it, Lord, I... I feel like you're saying narrow, narrow, narrow our mission statement. Narrow it a little bit. Give it some fresh perspective. Um, maybe, less, maybe less vague. Uh, maybe more gritty uh, is where the process has uh, led us to be. Uh, because that mission statement, connecting people to freedom, hope, and healing, it is, it is pretty vague. Uh, You can't really get your hands on that, really. It's like, what does that actually look like? How do we do that? What does this actually uh, look like? Uh, And so I want to offer this uh, to you as maybe a bit more narrowed uh, mission statement, certainly uh, continuing the mission of renewing and restoring people in the message of grace, fortifying people in the radical gospel message of grace and freedom gathering people, uh, teaching people, discipling people in the message of the gospel. But also, Lindsay used the word empower, the grace empowers us to go uh, empower and mobilize people, empower and mobilize you, empower and mobilize us in the mission of the gospel of grace. And I just want to simply stand up here and say, I... I'm feeling stirred, Lindsey's feeling stirred, our staff team's feeling stirred, our leadership's feeling stirred. We pray, we're, we're asking you to consider being stirred. It's time for us to start some ministries, you guys. It's time for us to get gritty in this community. Uh, we are established. Uh, in his time, and so the question is where should we go? what is what could God be calling us to specifically in the next seven years and I think about uh, the seven ministries that we 're in partnership with uh, locally and the two globally and there 's a common theme as I looked uh, and prayed over these mission partnerships and here are the two themes uh, that are, are so clear to me that we are in partnership with ministries that help meet the needs of people. It's really, really simple. It's not earth shattering, it's just the simplicity of helping meet the needs of people. Those are the ministries that we are in partnership with already, a spiritual needs, emotional needs, relational needs, and physical needs. That's the first theme. And then the second theme is this, children, teens, and students. To me, that just jumps off the page. We are passionate. Uh, about uh, ministering to, reaching, helping, serving uh, children, uh, teens, and students. Uh, certainly, uh, we are a place uh, that brings uh, renewal. I believe this. We, we are a culture. We are a place that brings renewal, uh, that brings restoration in the message of the gospel of grace. And I think as we look at these next seven years, what we want to invite you to consider with us in this season is what does it look like for us to fortify our mission to also be a place that is empowering and mobilizing laborers in the mission of the gospel to renew and restore and to empower and to mobilize here's what I'm going to ask of you um, today I'm going to ask you to pray just to pray about these things Um, consider what we're inviting you to consider and to pray about this for our church. Um, and we would love to know where, what you feel like the Lord uh, is saying to you. We're going to have a uh, worship and prayer night on a Sunday night, March 29th. I would love for you to mark that down. It's going to be a Council Tree Church. Our, our friends over at Council Tree open their doors to us all the time to bless us. 7 p.m., I believe. Is that right? 6.30 on March 29th, and we're just gonna create some space to listen to the Lord and pray together and begin to discern together about what ministries God might be calling us uh, to start. Um, I would say, as you pray, uh, open your eyes to the needs that you see in this community. What are they? Uh, Open your eyes to the needs. What do you see? What are the places that you you think our church can make a real impact there? Um, let us know, let us know. Uh, One of the things when we were uh, receiving the download of our uh, ministry, this church, this vision, this mission, um, these values, uh, over 10 years ago when Lindsay and I were in seminary, 2007, 2008, and we felt like the Lord was leading us to these statements and these mottos. We would write them down on Post-it notes, put it in a moleskin. One of the things that we wrote down that we believe the Lord was saying to us is one of our culture mottos, everyone gets to, Everyone gets to play. You don't have to stand on the sidelines. You don't have to stand in the bleachers and watch. Other people do ministry that we all get to participate. Everyone gets to play. We don't have a mission department here. We don't have a big mission program for you to plug into. Um, you, you, You are the mission department. This, this is the reality. You, you are the missionaries. The, you are the mission department. Uh, you are how we reach people. Don't wait to be invited. You are invited and we need you. And we want you. Right, you are invited. And in this moment, I'm writing in my notes. It's Wednesday. And I'm thinking this is where some people might be but Swain, you really don't, you don't really know me. Um, you don't really know my story. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my failure. Um, I, can't, I can't get on, I, the bleachers is where I belong because of my past. And I would just say to if any of you that might be feeling that right now, I'd say uh, you're right I probably don't know where you've been and what you've done, Um, fair. But I do know Jesus and his grace. I do know that. And I do know that from the fullness of Christ, you, me, all of us have received grace upon grace. I do know that. I do know that his love covers a multitude of sins. I do know that. I do know the story of Peter. Remember the story of Peter? It's after the resurrection, Jesus He comes to the Sea of Galilee. He makes the food for him. They don't know he's there. The last time Peter had seen Jesus was on Good Friday. Remember what Peter did on Good Friday to Jesus? The the epic failure of Peter denying Jesus three times. So it's post-resurrection. Jesus is interacting with his disciples. He comes to them and he asks Peter three questions because Peter denied him three times. Do you remember the questions? Do you love me? do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? Ask Peter three, because grace redeems all things. Grace redeems all things. And Jesus asked him three times, like, do you love me? And Peter says the first time, yes, yes, I love you. And so Jesus said to him, "Feed, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, be a shepherd, minister. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, take care of my sheep, minister, shepherd, Peter. Thirdly, do you love me? Peter's like, you know, you know that I love you, and Jesus answers him, feed my sheep. See, it's the question, the simple question that Jesus is asking Peter is, do you love me, yes or no? And Peter says, yes, 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 and then Jesus says, okay, that's it, do you love me, yes, okay, we got work to do, get over yourself, get over your great failure, let's get to work in ministry, we got people to reach. Are you with me right now in the story of Peter? Like, yes, I love you. It's just a yes or no question. Wonderful. We got work to do. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Feed my lambs. And I think, get over the toxicity of your guilt and shame and get back in the game. Because we got work to do here in Fort Collins. Would you pray with us about this season of life or what it looks like for us to fortify this mission and how you can help us discern what the Lord specifically Is calling us to because we want to be a church living on the mission of grace. Amen? To receive the message of the mission of the message of grace and then to be a conduit of that and to see people impacted, reached, cared for, loved, with no strings attached, by the way, with no strings attached, to be a conduit of the love and the grace of Jesus in our community. Let's pray together. Lord, Fortify is the word that you've given to us and we're asking for more clarity around that in this next season of our church's story. Would you lead us? Would you speak with us? Would you stir us? Would you help us understand and discern what it means to fortify, to strengthen from within this core value of mission? We are blessed to be a blessing Lord we're feeling directed to start ministries and I know that we need people and we need leaders and so I just pray you would speak with us as a church community about these things Uh, we bless you um, that we have been caught up in grace and Lord we want to be conduits of that message Um, and we want to see more people reached Um, thank you Lord for this time together in your word in Jesus name amen